Hi, I'm Tammy. Hi, I'm Guido. Hi, I'm Allie. Hi, I'm Matt. And this is Quad Pro Quo. Did you see our yard? Your yard looks so nice. I know. They came back and did the mulch, huh? They did. They didn't <laughs> expect so much crap. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so they well, had, because they filled their truck up twice, and then they had to come back. They struck me as a bunch of fly-by-night operators. No, but, they were good. Well, I mean, they did a good job. They did but, a good job. Look, let me tell you about that trailer that they're using. It's oh. Like fucking broken. Oh, okay? yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they routinely misuse it. What do you mean? They overload it all the time. Oh. That's the only way that it could look the way it does. Of course. The the, the wheels are all squatty and the axle's bent. Poor thing. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, no. They are a lawsuit waiting to happen. Wow, I'm happy with their work. Good thing we know a guy who can give them the what's what with their trailers. No, language barrier is crazy. Mm. You should have... You should have heard him looking out the window during his lunch break. Are these the guys that are doing... Allison's yard. <laughs> I already know what kind of people they are. By the look of their trailer, they're irresponsible. <laughs> irresponsible. Irresponsible. What? They do poor work. They don't care about their trailer. That's what he said. He's well, like, I really hope they. They touched know. my yard and I liked it. So. <laughs> it, you hear this It looked good. I didn't care. It looked great. Very and then nice it snowed on it. it. And then it snowed on it. Oh god, I'm so glad they did a brick before the snow. Your poor little baby daffodils. I know, our flowers are going to... We'll shoot right out through that. Mulch. Yeah. No, no, they put the mulch around the daffodils, but I'm saying the snow. Do you, do you think the snow's going to kill the daffodils? No, daffodils don't die. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. It's impossible to kill daffodils, no. I think. Lots I mean, of daffodils in the movie. Right? Yeah, daffodils, they're your favorite. Oh my god, oh, that's such a good segue. They're oh my, my favorite flower. That is such a good segue. I know. I know everything about you. Yep. Not stalkery at all. No. No. And that brings us into our week's movie. It's my pick this week. Yay. And I chose Big Fish. In telling the story of my father's life, it's impossible to separate fact from the fiction, the man from the myth. The best I can do is to tell it the way he told me. I know Tim Burton directed it. Tim Burton directed it. And it came out on Christmas Day in 2003. Really? It did. It did. Wow. So, so it was the blockbuster movie on Christmas Day. The opening scene is of a big fish, a big catfish, swimming around in a river. A robot catfish. It's huge. It's an animated catfish. It was an animatronic catfish. Animatronic catfish. It was, yeah, it was a robot. It was a robot catfish. It was, it was really big. Yes. Yep. It was, hence the title. Yeah. A big fish. Begins with a big fish. Begins by, of course, a story being told. It's a story about a father-son relationship. Shocking. Tim Burton has daddy issues. Well, he when he uh, got the script uh, for this, his dad recently passed, so. I'm saying every movie that Tim Burton does is an issue with his father. Well, it just or happened. Some kind of father figure. How is Batman a, a, a father figure issue? Dead daddy. Yeah, dead daddy. Did you, do you remember that part? Yeah, do you remember when Batman's you parents the, get shot? Yeah, I feel like Batman's uh, parents died. Did his parents die in that one? Because I... They die in all, dude. They didn't die in this one. In the newest one. But. Oh, my dad... Oh, didn't. spoilers. Sorry. My dad didn't like it. P.S. Now I'm thinking back and I'm like, okay, so Willy Wonka. Daddy issues. Daddy issues. The dentist. Sleepy Hollow. Massive daddy issues. What about um, Edward Scissorhands? Edward Scissorhands. Scissorhands. Daddy issues. Yep. Did he even have a daddy in that? He has a creator. He does. That's that's literally the old, speaking of that, that's literally the only movie where Vincent Price doesn't say the word murder. (laughs) Like he says it in every other movie, just goes, murder, she was murdered. But this one, he's just like, I'm going to give you cookies and I'm going to read about poetry and have a heart attack. Oh, I wondered in Big Fish if the neighborhood was the same neighborhood from Edward Scissorhands. Um, The lawn? Not so not the cre- not the creepy like white supremacist town that he wanders into, 
But, like, the other neighborhood that I think he ends up living in. Ashton? Yeah. It looked very similar, except without all the colorful houses. Like, it looked similar to the neighborhood in Edward Scissorhands, which I know is in Florida because my boss lives down there. And he only lives, like, 15 minutes from that neighborhood. Wait, are you talking about the one when he and Sandra first got married? Like, the ranch house? I think so, yeah. Okay. No, I I thought you were talking about at the beginning when he's running the successful landscaping company and all the houses are right down the road. Oh, maybe it was that one. I can't remember. I just, I I think I wrote it down. Like, is it the same neighborhood as Edward Scissorhands? Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of throwbacks to his other movies. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The big house they live in looks like the Beetlejuice house, in my opinion. Like, once they redo it, it looks like the Beetlejuice house. And and then I I even was like, because I guess I'm just looking for it because for the sake of the podcast, but like, when when uh, Ewan McGregor was talking about, like, he was like, I, when I was a boy, I was growing up and I grew up too fast and they had to sit me in this suit and it looked just like the Edward Scissorhands, yeah. like the, the suit and the... I really, really didn't like his accent. I, I gotta it, tell you right now. Really? It, no, it, it grates at me. It's like having sand inside my waistband. And just constantly in His southern me. accent? I feel so like... I just it, don't like people from Alabama then. I don't like... <laughs> You know, British people it's coming in here. Okay. All right, the fine. People from across the pond mm-hmm. coming over here, doing our accents. All right, look at that cute uh, Cumberbatch fella in the Tower of the Dog. He did a great job on his in Western New did. accent. Mm-hmm. Okay, I well, mean, look, both it's of called them... acting, first oh, of all. It's no. his job to be able to do accents. Okay. But wait, are we... Are, I thought Ewan's was great. How do you feel about, uh, you know, like, Americans doing other people's accents? Yeah. The same way. They don't do more. Yeah, like, um, what was that movie we really watched with Ben now. Affleck and Matt Damon? The Last... Uh, <laughs> the Last Duel? The Last they Duel. Don't, they don't even try, they and I love them for it. They a French they, accent. They have... They attempt an English accent, and that's, they're that's, French. It's no, the that's Kevin usually, yeah, that's usually the thing for, for American audiences. They're like, anything that's European, just go British. Look at look at that Valkyrie movie back in the, you know, with Tom Cruise and all that. Yep. All the yep. bad Germans had German accents. All the good Germans had English accents and Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise. I don't but, think I've ever heard Tom Cruise do an accent. But I yeah, actually... That's but, the cost of the center tube. But I mean, <laughs> I actually think that Ewan's southern accent better than his, like, just straight up trying to be American accent. I've seen several movies of his where he doesn't do his, his you know, his normal speaking voice, and it's not good. The southern accent is the best one he can do aside from his actual voice, except maybe for when he won an Emmy for Halston. Halston. And I mean, it is so the movie is um, based in Alabama, yes. so they they try and do it like that southern drawl. And I think Albert Finney does a really good job. He's also his accent. a foreigner. He's British. He is and, British. And is for though and for those that you know haven't seen this movie, Albert Finney is the older version of Ewan McGregor. Of Ewan McGregor. Yeah. So you have right. senior uh, senior mm-hmm. Edward Bloom, who is our main character, and that's. Albert Finney playing him, and then young Edward Bloom, which is like Edward from age 18 until his 40s, Mm -hmm. Um, that's played by Ewan McGregor. Um, And then Will Bloom is played by Billy Crudy. Crudup. Crudup. I can't remember him. And he's kind of okay. At the beginning of the movie, when we see him, he looked just as excited listening to Albert Finney tell his story, tell the story that he's heard, I guess, his entire childhood. He looked as excited to hear that again. Like, I was excited to see Billy Crudup in this movie. I'm like, really, dude? And this is before I met Allison and everything, and she told me about, like, his extracurriculars. I that have make trouble him kind with of a, Billy Crudup because of what he did in his personal life. I really do. But he's just, he's just like... Worthy of note? He, he was with... It's a mare. What's her name? Mary. Mary. Elizabeth. Win- the one. The lady the one from, from Weeds. Weeds. Yeah. The woman yeah. from Weeds. Oh, okay. So Nancy. She, Nancy. So he was with her for years. She was eight months pregnant, and then he left her for Claire Danes. <gasps> but for no. everything else, oh, there's yeah. Mastercard. Oh, well, they didn't last either. And that's now he's nasty. dating. Now well, he's dating Naomi the... Watts. Now he's with Naomi Watts. Oh, he's really? On. Yeah. Mm. And you know what? Life. It's kind of annoying. He still has a career, whereas like actresses who have been caught having affairs like Meg Ryan has never had a really career since she got caught cheating with Russell Crowe like yeah. she got booted from Hollywood was it and he's allowed he's allowed to cheat on her on Nancy while in the midst of weeds like she was at the height of her career she won an Emmy nine months pregnant 
the day after it broke that he left her for Claire Danes. I'm pretty sure Claire Danes was nominated that year for that stupid Homeland show. Like, it was like crazy. I remember what? watching it, her getting up on stage being so pregnant. Everyone was like, what's she going to say? Because it was so awkward. And she was like on the verge of tears, basically. So he stole her moment. Yeah. And cheated on her while she was eight, nine months pregnant. Crazy. Is he considered an A-list celebrity? I don't consider him an A-list celebrity. I mean, he gets work. He still gets work. I mean, he's a a great, he's now like a voice. He does more, because, I mean, he was also at the time. He's on that morning show show on Apple TV. Like, he still has a career. But still, he's like more known now for like voice work. Because remember, we did all those MasterCard commercials when... When this movie came out, and mm-hmm. everything like that. He was in that that comic book movie. Yeah, he was in he Watchmen. Was, he's he in was, Watchmen. He he's, was the big blue dick. Yeah, he's an almost famous. Like I fell asleep during the Watchmen. Oh, you're lucky. It was a long movie. So long. <laughs> IMAX like wasted like thirty dollars. Yeah, but he plays what's his name? Will Bloom. Will, Will Bloom. Bloom. And he's yep. married to. And he's married to Josephine, who is <sighs> a French woman. Marion Cotillard. Yes. Gorgeous. Which was her first so Yes. She I remember that was, yes, stunning. that was the first time I've ever seen her in a movie. And I saw her, I think, yeah, I was 16. And I was just like, wow. That, She's knocking. Oh, that wife. Mm-hmm. I love Absolutely. her voice, too. It's so, like, soft and soothing. Oh, just yeah. Beautiful. She's gorgeous. Very talented. She could just read the phone book to me, and I would just be like, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It starts off of senior Edward Bloom telling the story of the day that Will was born. Mm -hmm. And so it goes through different scenes of Will's life Mm -hmm. and Will listening to this story about his dad going fishing on... The day that he was born and trying to catch this incredible fish, it's always been the one that got away. You know, it's big, it's infamous, and everybody in the town knows about this fish. And then the day that Will was born, he decides, you know what, how to catch an uncatchable fish, you need something valuable to catch it with. So he takes off his wedding ring, he puts it on his fishing hook, and he catches the fish. Yeah, I didn't love the um, little joke about that story when he was making it about how you catch a woman is with something shiny. Like, all we care about is jewelry. No, he said it was a thief. It was... was, Apparently, it was... The fish was a a ghost of a thief. And, uh, you know, if a thief wanted something, he wanted something shiny and gold. Some shiny and gold. He's just chewing on every word. No, but then he says, says, like, it turns out the fish was a woman, a girl fish, and that's how you catch a a woman is with something shiny. He says something like that. No, that's how he got got the ring back. Yes, that's how he Uh, got the ring back. And he was telling this at the end of the, the punchline of the story. It ends at Will and Josephine's rehearsal dinner at their wedding at their i thought yeah that's no, their, their wedding oh it she's is a, she's in it she's in her wedding dress it's oh, the wedding. okay that's so, why will's mad i think so will is just sick and tired of hearing the same story he he's been embarrassed by his dad telling these tall tales his entire life and then the night of his wedding he just gets into this huge argument about the story and about how for one night, like, life is not about him. Right. And to just put it away. And then they don't talk for three years. They just don't get along. They they don't get along. He doesn't understand him. And his dad doesn't understand the son. So Will and Josephine move to France. Yeah. And Will is an Which avid is clearly writer. indicated because he, they have a baguette in their grocery bag. <gasps> And the Eiffel Towers. And the Eiffel Towers. They receive a letter that was addressed from his mother, and it says France on the address. Oh, so we definitely know it's France. But the the baguette's a clear. The baguette is a clear distinguishing. Yeah, and he's a Will's like a he's like a reporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's a writer, reporter, and he's his wife is a photographer. And she's pregnant now. And she's seven months pregnant. We get a call. From Will's mother. Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jessica Lang. Sandra Bloom normally, is played by Jessica Lang. I think she Another knockout. Uh, you know, normally Va- I always because Va- I always think she fucked Va- her eyes because she had eyes or like she had like 
some sort of plastic surgery on her eyes, but she looks phenomenal in this movie. Mm-hmm. She looks oh, really yeah. good. And I love the way she dresses the whole movie. It's so, like, old-school, southern, 1950s fancy. Like, you get dressed up and wear heels every day, and I kind of love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't do that. But. Every day. And I think it's meant, I think she's meant to be the, that perfect yeah. quintessential housewife because that is how she's portrayed in the entire movie. She's always happy. She's always right. pleasant. She's always the we top talk of about it. his pedestal. Do you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of the movie is, I feel bad saying it's kind of living in the past. Like, that's kind of where he lives. It's kind of where she lives. She definitely oh, assumes sure. a role. You know, it's a lot of living in the past. It's more of a supportive role, you know? But the movie is is in the eyes of Edward Bloom. Yeah. So if you think about it, well, I see. I think it's in the eyes of of different people because there's different narrators mm-hmm. the yeah. entire movie, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I really yeah. liked. But yeah. well, I keep going. None of them. <laughs> so they get a call from Jessica Lange. Correct. Senior Edward Bloom has cancer, and his body stopped responding mm-hmm. to chemotherapy. Will and Josephine make the decision to fly home to um, say their last goodbyes. And basically, Will is flying there to face his fears of talking to his father about, you know, the truth about his life instead of all of these stories that uh, his father's been telling about his life. You know, what really Mm -hmm. happened? Did you, he, he also mentions, did you have another family did you have another life away from ours and because he was like um, a traveling salesman yeah he he was a traveling salesman and um went from different towns to selling the handy the handy hand handy hand that was so cute oh my gosh very tim burton um it was it was it was like other edward scissorhands for sure and he tells the story of the witch he died. <laughs> I would love to point out Baby Miley Cyrus in oh, that story. Yes. Yes. Baby Miley Cyrus. It's her first movie. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. Your mom's a bitch. I, yeah, I don't know. If that is the <laughs> that is the funniest line. But um, your mama's a bitch. <laughs> My mama says it's true. Your mama's a bitch. Yep. <laughs> With this little Shit, accent. Kiss. Damn. So hell. cute. The way that uh, Ewan McGregor was telling the story, where he was like, "It was me." So and so, so and so, and it became that became a lexicon. That became a lexicon in our family now. Like whenever we start telling a story where there's like a group of us, like we'll sit there and we'll go like, "It was me, Guido, the Price Brothers, and like (laughs) and like fifteen other people." Because I'm just gonna nip this in the bud. Like a thing that I liked about this movie was is that it's your dad. It kind of reminds me of my dad. I thought of your dad the whole time. Like he's basically. But it was I thought me. of your dad the whole time. It was me. It was this person, the Price Brothers, and all we were doing was oh no, we want to see the witch. We want to see this witch. We want to see the witch. One eye. Her eye will tell you when you're gonna die. Oh, and again, oh, yeah. baby Miley Cyrus. And I loved her little one line that was so Edward. No, she's Edward. So... Edward, don't. But but the thing that I. The witch is also Helena Bonham Carter. It's the first Tim Burton movie with I I I, I say HBC HBC Helena Bonham Carter. This <laughs> is it the first one. I thought Sleepy Hollow came out before this. No, she is not in Sleepy Hollow. His first wife is in Sleepy Hollow. Not to be the one that brings up affairs in Hollywood, but oh. there's a pretty strong line you can draw with Tim Burton movies of when he divorced the first wife, Sleepy Hollow, and started with Helena Bonham Carter, Big Fish. It's quite a fine line. Oh, so so and, um, I, was, I was gonna I was gonna ask. All the movies before this movie have his wife in it: Sleepy Hollow, Mars Attacks, Edward Scissorhands, and then all the movies after Sleepy Hollow have Helena Bottom Carter in them. Do you think he gets masks for her in bulk? Because literally, they're all of her masks in all the movies that they have after this and everything look a lot like this witch mask. So I'm like, she do you think two characters in this movie? Do you think they just she got well three? Well, t- she plays the two. witch. But, young one and an old one, and then a young one and an old one. But they're the all kind of the same but they're, character. They're really the same character. <laughs> they're just, ver- they're just versions of the character that he's elaborated yeah. on. What a mean version to remember. So in this scene, um, he actually mentions that every town has a witch. And wow. so Helena Bonham Carter is Helen the witch I'm for his mean. childhood. And, like yeah. and then she also plays Jenny, um, who is we'll tell you about in a little bit, but she's also the town witch. Yeah. Later on in his life. Which, a.k.a. a single woman who has cats. A woman who never married and has cats in the never South married. is a witch. She's a witch. <laughs> President Verner at the stake. Yes. Yeah, so, when, 
And yeah. speaking okay. of the I was going to say, when they look in her eye, they can see how they're going to die. And one guy sees that he's young. One guy sees that he's old. Yeah. And then Edward wants to stay. Would you guys want to stay? I was going to ask you. Oh. How would you, would, if you had the opportunity to see how you were going to die, would you want to do that? Or would you want to just let fate happen? I would because I like the way Edward says it. He says, if you know, then you know that you can overcome everything else. Which I yeah, really which like that. You like, see that you, in the movie. Which fuel. you see in the movie. Like, if you know how you're going to die, then everything else that you come into contact with, you know that it's not going to kill you. Awesome. So that's you where just rise his, above his it. Plug armor. That's where he got it. I really yeah. like that perspective, too. It's a nice Cause, perspective. Because then I think you'll, you're, like, willing to try anything. And that's why he. That's why his life was so fulfilling, and that's why he wasn't scared to like go to war and like do all that stuff because he knew that's, that's not. Nice. That's not how you're supposed to go. I can't do that. I can't do Albert Finney very well. Not how I go. There you go. That's better. Not how I go. Matt's just gonna be the the impersonator. I'm just it. gonna be doing the voices the whole time. This is fine. Okay. Yeah. So, so the other. So the. But so, oh, but can yeah. I just ask about I'm the sorry. about the witch though? I mean, it's because it's. I guess it's because you can see your death in the eye, right? Mm-hmm. That's why she's got to wear an eye patch all the time. Because why wear an eye patch if you have a glass eye? Oh yeah. Because everyone's going to be seeing their deaths every time she goes to get groceries. It's not like she goes anywhere. It's a magic glass go, oh my god. I'm going to die from a heart attack at the age know. of 49. Oh, well, shit. I'm going to die from a heart attack from seeing this bitch with a glass eye. Maybe oh. it has something to do with, like, perspective. Like, or, is or, like, it, or is it like if a... If you is only it like, have one eye and, and you put a patch over the other one, like, it helps with... Or is it like... Store. A, I have no idea. Or is it like a bra for her glass eye? Because it, it her, her glass, it holds her I glass mean, you eye can't really, ever, You can't have a real one. Have glass eye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen one. Yeah, they keep saying no. I mean, normally yeah. when people with eye yeah, patches have a glass eye, like, yeah. they have a, like just the socket. I'm just thinking of Kurt Russell and Cap Ron, and it so kind of pops out. <laughs> his glass eye pops out. His glass eye pops out because it wasn't made for pocket. having won it in a poker yeah. game, oh. and then it pops out, and then he puts like the eye patch over it when it pops out. Perfect temperature. <laughs> yeah, normally they don't have a glass eye; they just have a hole in their head. Ugh. It's Pretty just so. covered with skin, the the eye so socket. Nice. So it's it's <laughs> nicer to look at an eye patch than it is to look at a hole. So it's more for it's too. honestly it's more for the comfort of other people than yourselves. Correct. But nobody yeah, goes to see her, so what's the point? Well, I, she's a hermit. I think well, with she, a Tim Burton movie, doesn't really matter. She does leave the house at one point. She goes to see him off when he's oh, leaving. Right. I said that. I was like, I was like, how come everyone's scared of the giant, which we're gonna talk about in a second, but no one is scared of this witch woman who mm-hmm. shows death in her eye, and they're all like, come watch the parade, witch woman. <laughs> they, they, but they're scared of this giant. Will and Josephine come home to visit the father who's dying. So they get home on the plane, and they walk in the house. They are greeted by Dr. Bennett, the wonderful family doctor. And he, uh, you know, kind of just tells them that he's not doing well. I love that guy, too. Oh, he's so cute. He's such a great actor. actor. And um, Dad is upstairs in his bed, and so Will goes up first, and he brings him some... Insure to drink. I did like that scene when he pretend when he drinks the rest of the insure after leaving the room, so his mom thinks that he. Yeah. Drinking. I thought that was sweet. He's a good and then we he's see, he see we see dad with like a full yeah. pitcher of water, and he, it starts the whole you know I can never get enough to drink. He's dry. He's dry. I'm dry. I'm dry. Cause he's a big fish, right? He yeah. Starts I guess the whole so. like guess, big yeah. fish metaphor. I don't think I'll ever dry. And I know that obviously we're living in a world of Tim Burton, and so things are not um, going to be historically accurate. And so I, I took the um, I took the African American doctor delivering a white woman's baby in Alabama in the 1920s, 30s as just a we're in a Tim Burton world. <laughs> you know, he's the guy that voiced Rafiki. Yes. Is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's such a good actor. Awesome. He's so great. But I was like. I or, like I like this world where <laughs> disgusting or wow. like, segregation didn't exist. Well, and yes, stuff like that. look how nicely integrated Ashton is yes. in nineteen forties Alabama. Yes. I know it. Yes, uh, Will and his dad are talking, and that's when he says, "You know, this isn't how I go." And the son says, "Well, how do does it happen?" And he was like, "I don't want to ruin the surprise." I don't ruin the surprise. But the son starts. 
as soon as he walks in the door, pressing him about the truth of He's very his life. patronizing. He is. He speaks to him like he's a child, which I don't like. Like, oh, how does it happen, Dad? Like, he speaks to him like he's a dummy, and I don't like that. Like, I understand, like, hearing the same stories over and over again, like... Not, not to be mean, but, like, my dad's the same way. Comes like, I know that my, you know, my dad loves to tell his Africa stories and all that stuff, but, like, that's what happens. I don't like the way he's like, yeah, we all heard, like, he stops him from telling the stories in mid-sentence. Like, yeah, we've all heard it, Dad. I'm just like, move. First of all, he's dying, so just let him totally be. Like, I understand, like, you you feel like you don't have a relationship with your father. I get I mean, that. Yeah. But you don't have to be an a-hole about it. And if your dad, yeah. if your dad's dying... Let him tell the damn story, all right? If the worst part is that he created these fantastic stories and provided for you and your mother. Very well. You see that house? And loves your mother and didn't cheat on her. Well, he doesn't know that, though. Not yet. He thinks that there are lots of other How truths. How did you cheat on Jessica Lane? I know, right? So then... I don't know. What's his name? It was Mary Dor. So then Will goes downstairs and they go to another scene and they're sitting around talking and around the bed again. Senior Edward Bloom starts talking about, you know, this isn't the the first time I've been stuck in bed. Right. There was a time and, and then we get into the beginning of his life. Yes. So there was a time when... He was stuck in bed for three years. Another three years. In the Edward Scissorhands suit. He said that there was some kind of crazy medical issue and his body was just growing at such a rapid rate that it was basically his bones were broken. The town was too small to contain. If there was one thing you can say about it, boop, boop was that I was intended for larger things. Yes, so he had to be in bed, and he had was attached to all of these, like, crazy lines and... To, like, move his muscles and everything like that. It was kind of funny. So he doesn't atrophy. (laughs) It's completely scientifically based. When I was was sick, I I wasn't, like... Like that, but they when I was sick in the hospital and I was in bed for 10 days, they did put these things on my legs to like constantly keep my muscles moving so I didn't go into like atrophy. Well, that's that's to prevent or, blood get, a blo- or get a blood clot, yeah. So and it like, honestly, looks like he's got giant fleshlights on his <laughs> legs and his arms, and no. constantly stroking. To be honest, that is kind of what that looked like on me a little bit. Stroke it to the left, and it was like massagers, and it, a little like massage. It was because I couldn't walk and I they didn't want me to get blood clots, and I like, I'm guaranteed to you that's why I like I. I lost 20 pounds in 10 days because I was sitting there sweating my ass off because these things were exercising my legs, basically. Well, and then your muscles are, are not being used. So oh, yeah, I can, I can barely walk. It was horrible. Well, so he's so while he's in the bed for three years, yes. he started reading the encyclope- encyclopedia yes. from, like, start to finish. And when he got to the G's, he started reading about the goldfish. When the goldfish is put into a larger body of water, it grows larger and larger. It's true, actually. If it's put into a smaller one, it doesn't grow any bigger. So that's when he was like, you know what? I am like a goldfish. This town is not... Good enough for me. This town is too small. It's too small for me. It's too small for my ambition. Once he gets out of bed, he realizes he has so much more potential than what... He's, like, bigger than... Well, he's super he's ambitious. destined for greater things. Yeah. Well, yeah, because his, his, his midi-chlorian count is high. And then, <laughs> and then he, it goes into, like, why Edward Bloom is the star of Ashton. Of Ashton. Because he's a Jedi. He's a, he's a Jedi. He is the basketball star, the yes. football star. He's he good at everything. Business. MVP of every sport is ridiculous. He, he becomes the town... Savior because he's a town favorite son. He saves he saves a cat from a or a dog from a burning building. Yep. And then a giant comes to town and is eating people's sheep and dogs and dogs. And he lives like my dog. He he lives like outside town. He's like a giant. Also a local celebrity of where I went to college because he was a bouncer at a bar. Yeah, he's he's a PA native. He went to Bishop Shanahan. And Matthew McGregory did. He went. He worked at as a bouncer in Westchester. Yeah. So so this giant comes, and then Edward Bloom volunteers to be a human sacrifice for the town. He sweet talks him, and so he goes out. And Carl, the giant, lives in a cave. I and love that his name was Carl. Even tall enough to live in, and he comes out, and he looks like a caveman. He's got like a no, whole head of hair. He looks hair like Hagrid. He just beard. looks like Hagrid. like Hagrid. Oh, he does look like Hagrid. American Hagrid. He's very nice. His name's think, Coral. 
Do you think that's his, his actual voice, though? I think yes. it is, actually. It's yeah. so deep. Because, again, it, it, it I think it's part of, like, Andre the Giant had a very, like, if you watch Princess Bride, like, hello, like, he has that, it's that kind of voice. Like, I think it's part of the... Would anybody like a beaver? Yeah, like that. Like, I think it's part of the growth hormone problem. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah, so, so he... So sweet. So he gets all cleaned up. Oh, wait. Well, then he says, I'm not going to eat you. And I'm not going to eat you. He's just hungry all the time. He's, yeah, he's just hungry. and He doesn't know about big cities, and, and Edward says, I'll take you there. And Edward says he wants to get out of the city, too. Like, the city is too small for you, and this t- city is too small for me, too. Yes. So then, like you said, he gets cleaned up, and then the town throws him this huge party, thanking him for getting the giant out of there, and they give him the key to the city. The key to the city. And then there's Don Price in so, the background. Is that key sulking. okay? Because the Oz key was was annoying, but this key is okay? Well, the, the Oz key <laughs> came out of nowhere. Very bitter it about says the Oz key. <laughs> and then they start uh, walking out of town, mm-hmm. and there's, they come to a crossroad. Yes. No, not a crossroad. It's a straight well, road. It's a straight and road. Then there's a side and road. It's a scary road. Before they leave town, what? remember he runs over and he talks to the witch. He oh, does he talk to does. the witch. And the witch says, the witch says, says, don't get caught. The biggest fish in the river gets the way, gets that way by never being caught, yep. is what she says. Yeah, so Edward that. decides to go the <laughs> long, kind of scraggly-looking way, as the, and the giant the way. giant goes the normal way, and he says, I'll meet you on the other side. Which is <laughs> which is nice, uh, a metaphor for life, because it's the path unknown. I did not even think about that. You did? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. That's the path unknown. I was like, why are you Thank going you that Don- way? Thank Doesn't... you, Donald Rumsfeld. My goodness. The known unknown. And when he goes unknown. down the path, there's all of these obstacles, like these Bees! spiders. Bees! Those spider webs that were in the way. There were spiders. I didn't even he... notice. I, me- I noticed oh, the trees. I, know, I, I wrote that down. I was like, oh, she's going to freak out because of the jumping spiders. I wrote that I didn't down, even, too. I didn't even notice the spiders. I noticed the trees, and I and then I kept thinking of Harry Potter, and I kept saying, um, oh, like, I, I kept saying the this spell to like show yeah. light so the, the trees went away. This whole part has real princess bride vibes. Like that. Yeah. Guys. And then meanwhile, the rodents of that, unusual that, size should have shown up. That, 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 yeah. that poor giant was just standing there like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, well, because because Edward comes upon a town in the clearing and it's, what's it called? It's called Spectre. It's called Spectre, which and I kind of thought. Because I was I, when I saw Spectre, I thought of like the Spectre of Death. So I thought, is why? it like I don't know why? I don't know. Because That's just what it's I thought. Like a silence call. And know? I thought, it's I perfect. thought the town was like like heaven or hell, and if he didn't leave, he would be stuck there forever. Well, so I just thought the Spectre of Death. Like if he stayed there, he would die there, and it was kind of like or like paradise. Like it was like an in between of heaven and hell. I That's kind of what I thought. It's more so like utopia. A very white. Like, That's, yeah. That's why I said a white supremacist town earlier because mm-hmm. there were no black people in that town. <laughs> Well, everything is perfect, and all of the houses are beautifully kept. And you get a Tim Why did those houses have sidewalks if everything was grass in between it? There's no road. That's true. Why were there all sidewalks? Porches. And you get a Tim Burton uh, veteran, Missy Pyle, kind of like the the mayor's wife, and she's been in like a... She's a daughter, actually. Oh, she's the daughter? She's the the daughter of um, Beeman, who is like the mayor, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's she was in like uh, Willy, Wonka. Willy Wonka and some other some other. Um, she's in Dodgeball. She is in Dodgeball. She plays the Russian woman with the unibrow. I love her in that. Also, she's one of my favorite also, also, she's the Nancy Grace knockoff in uh, she Gone is the, Girl. She's the Nancy Grace knockoff in Gone Girl. Um, and when he walks into the town, we see this weird, creepy guy playing the banjo, and he is playing the movie from Deliverance. And I wrote down, "Is that the same banjo player from Deliverance?" Turns and out. it is mm-hmm. the little boy in Deliverance who looks. I mean, he he has something. I don't know. He only did two things too. He didn't do anything between these two movies. Well, I, I think there's a reason for that. I'm just saying he's a little unfortunate looking. I'm sorry. They, <laughs> they call that the shine. The shine. The shine. <laughs> but he's playing the. And I wrote down, I love is the that? Banjo. Yeah, but it's the same kid from Deliverance, just grown up as an adult, which I mm-hmm. thought was kind of cool. Like it's a very, even though I mean, Deliverance is not a, it's not a feel good. Throwback it's movie. A kid's movie. <laughs> it's a great, oh, sure. Well, it is a it is a it is a feel good throwback movie when you think like about it. From a certain no, people's really perspective, it is a feel good throwback movie. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wee! Wee! I also wrote down that the town 
gave me a very southern Twin Peaks vibe. Like, yes. There was a lot of I pie was, and there was a lot of coffee, and I was like, damn good pie, Dave. I, I was like, I was Twin like Peaks, sitting but in there waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, are they all related? Who's is it like, is this, is this like a secret clan town? Or is no. it like a cult? It's it, Spectre. It's the best so, secret of Alabama. So it's, it's Spectre. So it's the organization that is trying to, that James Bond's always trying to fight. Well, I, I, I was like, well, it's obviously they don't pay taxes because later they all get, the town basically becomes property of the government. But I was like, okay, so it's a cult. They don't pay taxes. Yes. And it was everyone's clearly in. super happy. Everyone's super happy. And, and it was clearly in the South because taxes. it wouldn't be the South without biscuits. Because no. they all had biscuits. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, just like just like France has baguettes, the South has biscuits. All right. And coffee and, and pie. And Steve Buscemi. Steve and Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. So, so Edward Bloom goes into the town and he's greeted very warmly and... The people of Spectre, they say, you're early. Yeah. And like they were, were expecting not you. expecting you now. I do not understand the significance of that. That's why That's I thought because. it was like heaven or hell. So like they knew you. he was coming. Oh, fill me in. They right. said, you're early. You're like early. he wasn't supposed to die yet. That's no. what I thought. You're early. You're ahead of your death. That's what I thought. So he finds in the like he's dark, a, creepy forest. No, he hell? well, he takes the unexpected road. And he and has found his Spectre. untimely demise in the form of a Anglo-Saxon I mean, town with no roads and only a lawn. I mean, it's a Tim Burton world. Everything's going to be weird, so oh, we should just fine. move. But then, also, you know, I did write, know, I wrote creepiest town ever. <laughs> a wizard is never early, nor is he late. He, he arrives, arrives exactly when he means to. We meet Steve Buscemi in Spectre, and he is playing a poet who's been stuck in, or has been in Spectre for 12 years. Yeah. And he's just, you know, gotten sucked in to this happy... He's knee-deep in the Spectre pit. Exactly. So he's kind of been sucked in to this life's opportunity and hasn't been able to get out of it. Well, it'd be hard to leave a town that nice, with all all those pretty ladies. But it's robbing him of his creativity. But he thinks that he is in the place, the the place that he belongs. Yeah. And the everyone air loves is sweeter, him. The water is sweeter. Yes. And then when the wind goes through the willows and that, you think there's a symphony just for you. I also like how Hugh McGregor is supposed to be 18 in this movie mm-hmm. in the yeah. beginning. He's 31 in this film. <laughs> uh, his name is Norther Winslow, by the way. Ah. What does Steve he Buscemi see? is Norther Winslow. And he writes this poem. He starts writing this poem, and it's like, Spectre is great. The sun is shining. I love Spectre. And you're like, dude, really? So 12 years. Spectre's robbing him of his creativity. So so he, so he, basically, they have this party, and they're like, Edward, stay here forever. My daughter and wants to fuck you. Yeah, ah. little Jenny. It does seem like eight. they are trying she's to like, eight, marry She's eight, and him. he's 18. Yeah. And then when she's 18, she'll be 28. I'm like, way to go, kid. You can count in tens. So everybody's shoes are on a line, like a telephone line. Yeah. And she takes the shoes and runs away and throws them on the telephone line, which is their way of saying, like, you can't leave now because you don't have your shoes. You've been captured. Yeah. You've been captured here. We've sucked you in. Because he says, this isn't my time. It's not my time. There's so much more And his giant friend is waiting for him. And he says, I have to do. Yeah. A lot. But then also, like, I guess, because while he was there, remember, he saw that mermaid or that that. That was the fish. first time I wrote butt, because you do see a butt. When, he's, when he but sees the woman that, it looks like a mermaid, a kind of. It but, does look like a mermaid. But they say it's the fish. The little girl says it's the fish. And the little girl will come back into this uh, but, movie but, later. Uh, but, okay, but, because uh, you, I asked, you brought it up earlier about how this is the first movie with Helena Bonham Carter, which answered my question. Oh, did you think question. that was his wife? I thought it was the... The the first his first wife. I thought that for a second, and then I was like, no, HBC is in this movie. Why would they be? Unless this was the movie where Tim again, not to be the one that brings up affairs in Hollywood. Unless this was the movie where there were a lot of that movies. all happened. That's the second time you've said that, by the way. Well, and the third time you brought up an affair I'm in sorry. Hollywood. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it's, it's just it just so happens that a few people in this movie are homewreckers. He gets out of the. Path unknown and meets, he meets the giant and they uh they are together shoeless shoeless walking. well no the giant has handbags for shoes if you notice that they did not well he has the uh, 
is the world record for largest. Before the circus, just oh, to set the stage right. of where we are and how the story started, the um, Edward Bloom, it goes back to present day, and Edward Bloom is in his bed, and his daughter-in-law, Josephine, goes into the room, and she's just sitting with him. He, he says to her, have I ever told you the story of how I met my wife? Yeah, so we go into that. Yeah. And then that's how we get to the circus story. Yes, because he sees, stumbles upon a, a lovely circus, and um, Danny DeVito makes his appearance. Yes! Yes, so he is another, yes! Callaway. Another Tim Burton staple. Forget it, kid. Don't waste your time. She's out of your league. You don't even know me. Sure I do. You were hot stuff back in Hickville. But here in the real world, you got squat. We'll and he always plays circus uh, leaders. Kind of. What are they called? Well, he ringleaders. Was, ringleaders. Yeah. He was a ringleader in Dumbo. He was also... Well, you uh, don't get to see his ass in Dumbo. Yeah, you get to see his ass in this one, which was not needed. And he scratches his, he his cheek with his foot, which is amazing. He's also yeah, technically he's the wolf. I he's also the he's also technically a ringleader in Batman Returns. When you yeah, kind of. Because oh. oh. that was the trying the red triangle circus like, gang. That certification is good for life. But Edward sees the woman Sandra he's going to marry. Sand, he doesn't know. Her he doesn't name. know her name. She I did like that show, scene right? where everything st- like everything stopped and he he moved the popcorn out of the way. Like I did like that. That when was pretty. It was life. really I don't beautifully done. I don't like that girl, but that's what girl? There. the girl who plays young Jessica Lang. Yeah, they should have um, just done the Irishman I can't thing stand and they should have just had Jessica Lang and then they would have like de-aged her. Is it her face? No, I just don't think she's ta- I think she's like a really <laughs> wooden actress. I don't know why. I'm, I really she's very unexpressive. I she it. looks. She. It was great. She does it. look she's like a young. Really, she like, does look like a young Jessica Lange, but I just don't. She was in these other. She because she's also in. Oh no, that's. Is that her? Is she in the? She's in Drag Me to Hell. I know she's in Drag Me to Hell, but she's mm-hmm. all. Is she also Alice the girl? Loman. Allison Loman. That's right. Is she in Alice in Wonderland or is that somebody else? That's somebody, that's somebody else. else. Oh, okay. Well, I still don't like Allison Loman, but. <laughs> Um, so then he says he's going to work for Danny DeVito, and for every month he works for Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito will tell him a little bit about the girl so he can finally figure out who she is. Yes. How the also, fuck does Danny DeVito then, know anything about the this giant girl? He knows her uncle. The yes, the giant oh. becomes a new giant at the circus. So every so every scene is like... She likes Ewan McGregor or Edward Bloom doing some sort of crazy psycho circus thing. Like being yes. in the middle of the She's going page. to college. Or like he he's shoveling elephant poop and that was a actually um an improv scene. Oh really? So they were filming um Edward Bloom, Ewan McGregor, and then oh, the, elephants, the are... elephants just start shitting. Yeah. And they widened the camera so they could get the elephant shitting and him standing there. And it was like the perfect, you this know, kismet. my job sucks more than your job scene. <laughs> Um, she loves music. She loves daffodils. She's going to college. And how many years is he? I was shocked. I think they said three Three years. Three years. He put up with that crap. He was working also, okay. for no money, just information so, on Sandra Templeton for three years. What is the significance of three years? Because, you know, Will and Ed, they don't talk for three years. And then oh, he's three I years. Didn't really, I didn't really pick that up. He, he's th- three years in bed. Okay, he spent three years working at the circus, and he's going to spend three years in the army. What the f- is all past, I'd, present, future? With three years? No, no, no. I didn't really pick up what's on that? up with no, that? I I looked that up also, I and did. I found yeah, I found out. Um, Tim Burton is actually a really big fan of Dale Earnhardt. Oh my! He does it for Dale. Does it for Dale? Oh my god! Number three. That's all <laughs> that. Praise hail. Praise Dale. You learn something new every day. I do have that. I thought that the mummy, or I thought that the the giant, before the giant took over, his name was Colossus. I thought it was Imhotep from the mummy. I was like, is that Imhotep? Did you you know uh, that the giant, uh, Carl, Carl, is actually only three inches taller than Colossus in real life? Really? Yeah. That's how much, you know, trickery they do with that camera. Did you also notice the other Tim Burton staple that's in the circus? Yes. Deep Roy. Deep, yeah, Deep Roy. Who plays the Oompa oh, Loompas. Oh, that's why I his, yeah. his name terrible, is terrible shot. Soggy Bottom. Yeah, terrible shot, though. Terrible shot. Terrible. Yeah. Oh, so Edward Bloom finally has had enough after the three years, and he's like, I'm going to go to Mr. Callaway, and I'm going to say, I need to know who the love of my life is. And you need to tell me now. Yes. So then he starts walking over to his trailer, trailer. 
and it's shaking. Hey, yeah. if this van's a rocking, don't come a knocking. I was worried that we were gonna see like Danny. I mean, we do see Danny DeVito ass, but I was worried we were gonna yes, see we way do. more. I saw him birth from a couch. So, yes. you know, he just and so also seeing him covered in hand sanitizer. Just wants to be pure. Just so, wants, and then when he dies in Batman, he's practically naked as well. Get to see that ass is a treat. Well, that he, is America's But basically he's that is America's sex. Ass. He is. He's, he's bursting out of the trailer as a wolf. As a wolf. He's a werewolf. <gasps> and he attacks Edward Bloom. This and, is not how I and go. And then Edward Bloom gets Surprise. scratched in the face and he falls over and then he sees a stick and he throws the stick and he realizes that he's just lonely. He just wants to be played with. Play? He just wants to be played with and he's play just a lonely long, man. It's like three or four fetches and then he's gone. Yeah. But then the next day Danny Vito tells quick. him that the girl's name is Sandra Templeton and mm-hmm. that she is at college. After at, you see his after you see his butt. After you see his butt. Which it which I think is equal. It's it's equality when it comes to the nudity thing. We saw a, a partial woman's butt. We then saw a man's butt. So you know. Very. Yeah. He says, he says most things you think are mean are actually lonely and lacking social niceties. Ah. During the whole uh, scuffle with the wolf, though, you know, Mister Soggy Bottom just shows up with a pistol. You know, one bullet. One. He was one bullet. He was waiting for this fucking day to happen, which is just irresponsible of him. Two, he has a revolver that fires one goddamn bullet. One bullet? And you think if you have a gun that only has one bullet, you'd be a better goddamn shot. Those pants threw him off. He was wearing really was the big pants. pants. Yeah, the wind, the pants. The, the wind okay. resistance shook him. Yeah, all right. Sure. So his, soggy, out, his soggy bottoms threw him off. We find out mm. He jumped three trains. To get to Auburn. I just realized that I wrote down <laughs> that he jumped three trains to get to Auburn. In There's one three day. again. There's a three again. So, huh. so um, In one Danny DeVito tells him that she's going to Auburn University and she's going to graduate soon, so he better hurry up. Mm-hmm. So he gets to Auburn. That's the only way you can court her. She's in you got to get her right now. Right now. She's in her sorority. She's in her sorority. He knocks on the door. Me. She happens to answer. And he says, Sandra Templeton, I love you. Yes. But she's engaged she, to the meathead from Ashton. To the Price brother. To Don Price. He comes on real strong, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I have loved you, and you don't know me. It is like, a little strong. It's creepy. But it's his story. So think about it, like, what we're seeing yeah. is his memory and yeah. his fantasy. So it can be as extreme and as eccentric as as it could be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, because but it's, it's his memory. It's also like that, that Fifty Shades of Grey thing because Christian Grey is like a billionaire and handsome. He's doing all this stuff to a lady. It's... Romantic and cute, but if like it's say, not. well, no, I'm just saying. Well, he thinks it's romantic but, and cute. But well, he it's also abusive. thinks Auburn University has sororities, and they don't. Do they not? They do not. Really, in the South, they don't have a sorority. Not there. That's interesting. Nah, they don't like uh, they don't like women to congregate in places without men being. Pretty there sure it's against the law. Uh, no, that's in Pennsylvania. Uh, women are like three fifths there or something. No, so, uh, but, I'm thinking but, of Mississippi. I'm thinking of Old Miss. In Mississippi. Spe- speaking of speaking of uh, of of Don Price. That guy has just made a career out of being um, an a-hole, a fiance that is jilted by his fiance mm-hmm. for another man because that's the same guy that plays uh, Pam's fiance oh, in, the, in office. the office. He's got that's he's right. got great taste in nudie mags. Okay, but also we know that he's going to die because when he looked into the witch's eye, he died a young man. So we know well, that he's going to die young. Uh-huh. Well, right on the so, toilet. Just so like speaking Elvis. of that. Edward Bloom does all of these things to try and impress Sandra. Sandra Templeton, I love you and I will marry you. To and woo. Then, to woo her. To woo her. And then the last thing was he found all of the daffodils in like three counties. Three right? states. Three, three states. states. Three again. And he puts them outside of her window. I did love that scene. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. So she comes down and she's like, oh, how did you get all these flowers? I barely know you. And then Don comes traipsing down with his buddy. They're weeds. After seeing this movie, they're probably going to expect us to fill our front yards with, like, flowers. I don't have the time to do it. Not to be mean, but I don't don't ever expect flowers from you, okay? You better show her up. You ever get flowers just because it's Wednesday? No, I don't watch Joanna Man. Oh, shit. Oh, I do. <laughs> I, I drink that Kool-Aid. It goes a long way, bro. All right, keep going. So then Don Price comes 
traipsing in with all of his fraternity brothers, and he's like, what are you doing, Bloom? That's my girl. That's She's my, my girl. I did write this down. I wrote it down. I wasn't aware she belonged to anyone. I yeah. Was like, yeah, Bloom, you say that. And then he gets the beating of his life. Sandra decides she doesn't want to have anything to do with Don, and she ends the engagement and is now with Edward. And that who beating. Was in the hospital for and, four weeks. And that beating also, like, basically aggravated the heart condition that the fiancé had, which caused him to die young, which we see later that he dies the way he saw it in the witch's eye. From exactly right. how was that? On the toilet. On the toilet. He what was had he a doing congenital valve issue. He was, he was probably going to... The, I mean, to be honest, quite a, I think people with heart issues die on the toilet because of all the, the pushing. Well, what was he reading? What was he reading? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even notice. He was reading Playboy. Was he really? Are you serious? No. I didn't notice. Since he was finally, like, documented as in a location... Yeah. He was served papers to be drafted into... The army. The Korean War, I'm the assuming. Korean it's the War. Korean War. It was. Yeah, okay. The Korean conflict. And, I'm sorry. And scene. And then what happens next? So then he goes to... I only have, like, to, brief... I only have brief notes written. <laughs> so then it segues to his time in the Korean War. So he's on he, he's on an airplane. And yes. he, jo- he goes on all these secret missions because he was away for three years and he just wanted to end his tour as soon as he could. So he right. just volunteered for everything. I wrote ventriloquists are creepy in all languages. Uh, yeah, I call, I, call, <laughs> I call bullshit on that. I don't think that the, either the, the northern, the North Koreans nor the Chinese government were going to waste time on a USO, on a, on a USO equivalent for their troops. They're like, no, you go fight. You die. But that's where that's he also beats the conjoined twins. Which, he how did they go to the bathroom? There's, uh, there's only one bottom. They have one butt. Yeah. They have one butt. Okay, fine. You know, again with the conjoined twins. If you they need only to got, stop with, boobs, with wondering why people, how people are able to go to the bathroom. But like if... if These are legitimate concerns, okay? But okay, like say the one girl... Is the, it a well flushed out? The girl. one... What if the one half likes a dude and the other half doesn't like the dude? They only got one... Well, that's like saying... Vagina? Yeah. yeah, they only got one vagina. Do they both... Do they have to take a vote on what whether or not... one's straight and one's gay? Yeah, how do you know that they're straight? Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you know... Yeah, know. How do we know both of them are straight? How do we know both of them are... are we don't, Matt. We're, I think we're putting too much thought into the conjoined twins. For sure. Yeah. Which we then find out at the end of the movie that they actually weren't conjoined twins. All right, so what's okay, next? So the con- so they So he gets out of the uh, terrible situation he's stuck in in Korea uh-huh. and the twins and him escape. Yes. And to Cuba. He gets home to his Sandra Templeton. Yes. And he also helps the twins escape their situation in Korea and they join the circus. They joined Danny DeVito's circus. Which was great. Yeah. So that was kind of the end of the story. He eventually got home to Sandra. He was able to get home. They get married. They get she married. She gets pregnant. Yep. And then he becomes a traveling salesman. And selling then, this really cool hand. It's in the shape of a hand. And then it has like a knife and a screwdriver. It's like a Swiss Army knife, but yeah. a hand. It's a helping hand. <laughs> it's a helping hand. It's so cute. So uh, so then it flashes back to current day. And there's basically a couple of things like um, Will tries to talk to his dad again about him being an iceberg. You only see you the only see 10% the of an iceberg. Everything is hidden below the surface. That's That's how icebergs operate. That's right. Still trying to get the truth out of his dad. Um, his his mom, him, and his wife are going through the shed in his office and finding papers. And uh, they find the letter that Sandra got uh, of him dying because they thought he was dead. They couldn't find him while he was in the Korean War. Right, 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 so right. He's, He's, like, slowly finding out that there are truths to all of these tall tales that he's been told his whole life. And Jessica Lange even says that. She says, like, not everything your father says is... He's only is, finding the true halves. Yeah. And then he comes across a deed to a house. Right. Uh, and that's in um, Spectra. Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. Who do we see there? I think he thinks that the deed, that the woman in the house is... He assumes it was, like... Someone his father was having an affair with mm-hmm. because he kind of always thought that his father was had like another family, which tends to have. Well, I think that was kind of like a traveling salesman sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so he goes to the house and it's 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 HBC. 
Helen Rodham Carter, but again, it kind of looks like the witch's house. And it's, it's kind of dilap- dilapidated, dilapidated yeah. but she's like a it's piano tilted teacher. Over. It's tilted, yeah. It's got it's a door. She's she's like a piano teacher. When he opens the door, she doesn't look like a witch. She just looks like Helena Bonham Carter with blonde hair, which looks great on her. Mm-hmm. She looks so pretty in this movie. She looks so sad in this movie. I love Helena Bonham Carter, and she looks so good. It's hard for me she not to see her as moldy. Bellatrix Lestrange, but sad. so cute in this movie. She does look a little she looks sad. Bummed out. But because that's because we find out what, what you know why the the deed, and we also find out that. She loved Edward. Oh, he yeah. helped her keep the house, and he fixed it up for her. So she basically had an emotional affair she ha- with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, he, she was, he was the love of her life. He came too late. He came too late. He was supposed to come. She was also the little girl from she, Spectre from the beginning of the movie. Right. They're all grown she up. She was eight, and he was 18. And yes. then he was supposed to come back. When she was 18 and he was 28, but he didn't do that. One time, yeah, so she, that's what she says. Once he came early and then he came late. So, and he was already in love with Sandra. They were already married and had a kid and, at that and point. And had a kid, yeah. yeah. But he got Carl to fix her house. Yep, he, so so he, he went to Spectre and the town was just bought by the, like the taxes had written in the town. Well, because they weren't they paying pay their taxes. And, yeah. Because he says, you know, I never made a lot of money, but I have friends that made a lot of money. So he goes to, like, Buscemi, and he goes to Danny DeVito. A bunch of other people in his and, life. And they basically save the town. Yeah, mm-hmm. Buscemi's in Wall Street at this point. Buscemi's in Wall Street at this point. Because and uh, H- H- HBC, it's the last house in the town that they do not own. Yeah, and they have to own the whole town in order to have it be like a, it's a I don't know what it is, but it's like a legal thing. We should ask which is Steve. It's all in a trust. It's all in a trust. And he has to own the whole town, but she doesn't want to give up her house. So he kind of makes a deal and Mm -hmm. fixes the house for her. And he gets the giant to fix the house. And so she tells Will this whole story. Yes. And then he kind of sits there and he's like, wow, my dad's stories weren't a complete lie. Cause he thought that Jenny was this other woman and it wasn't the case at all. Right. Um, So then he's driving home and he gets home, and there's no one there. Yes. And so we find out that Edward is in the hospital. Yes. And he had a stroke. Yeah. And Dr. Bennett is there, and he says there's not much time left. And if I was Sandra, I wouldn't be leaving the bedside to go home. I would be there. Yeah. But Will, is, Will volunteers to stay with his dad for the evening. I do have to say, I had one note that... I think the makeup on, like, the very subtle aging makeup on Ewan McGregor was so good. When he's fixing the house with HBC mm-hmm. and she goes to kiss him, like, the very tiny, fine lines around his eyes, so subtle, and it looks it looks so good. They just did a really good job on, like, really tiny things like that that you don't normally, like, notice, and it was really good. And the little wisps of the Yeah, the hairs. little wisps of hair. It was very natural looking, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that. The dad kind of wakes up and... And and Dr. Bennett kind of gives him a whole... Gives Will a little pep talk. And he says, like, you know, do you want to hear the real version of how you were born? And he mm-hmm. tells him the real version. And he goes, now, would you rather have the version that your father's told you your whole life? Or would you rather have the real version? Like, which one is better? Which one's more memorable? Yeah. And then dad wakes up. He says, tell me how it happens. Tell me how I go. Tell me how I go. That's yeah. right. And Will assumes the storyteller. Yes. Basically. The story hat. Yeah, and he says, everyone's, or I take you out of this hospital and we Escape. drive in your we old car. And, and we get, chase down the hall by we security. Get to, yeah, we get to the lake and all of your friends are waiting there for you. Everyone from all of the stories that we've just described are there. I got all the And they're characters. all happy. This is when I got misty-eyed. They're so happy to oh, see God. you. And a little bit misty-eyed. Oh, this fuck misty-eyed. I, I was, I still bawl at the end of this. Oh, a little bit teary. Oh, yeah, I'm so happy. Even though Will's kind of a douche. He's he, sad as shit. He makes it up to his dad in the end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he could be a douche and be like, uh, no, dad, you're just going to die. Just, Real just go. But, he, you know, he puts the, the final story in his head and then he dies peacefully. Absolutely. That's sweet. I kind of wish Jessica Lange was there. but <laughs> and, then, and then Jessica Lange, like, in the story, she's waiting for him in the water. Yes. My girl. My girl. Yes. And he gives her his wedding ring. Yes. Because... 
She's the fish that can't be caught unless he gives mm. her a wedding ring. Unless he gives her something shiny. And then Will walks him into the water, and he drops him in, and he becomes the catfish that's at the beginning of the movie, and he swims down the river. Robot catfish. Animatronic. Yeah. Catfish. And then the end of the movie is kind of like his funeral, and I think Will finally realizes that. Holy yeah, shit! I mean, my not dad all wasn't this, full of shit. But not all the stories were like a hundred percent true. But like, like Danny DeVito shows up, and the giant shows up, and the two and the conjoined twins show up, but they're not really conjoined. So Steve Buscemi and Doctor Sa- or Mr. Soggy Bottom. Mr. Soggy Bottom shows up. So like to lighten up. And the people from Spectra are there. Yeah. And Jenny's there. And Jenny and his mom are standing next to one another, having a conversation. Yeah. So. It's okay. Yeah, so I think and they're it's, all telling stories of him. Yeah, and all of his yeah. stories are living on, and that's what makes him immortal. Yes, his stories are so infamous. And then you see the big fish. So it starts with a big fish and it ends with a big fish. I think that Mr. Bloom, Edward Bloom, saw in that witch's eye was the version of the story that Will tells him on his deathbed. I agree. I agree. That's what I think. Yeah, and he goes, "That's how I go." So that's how I go. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty awesome. He escapes from the hospital. Great way to go. Gets into a, a, a year one uh, Dodge Charger. I figured you would like that car. And uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's badass. And hauls ass to the... Is that them Duke boys car? No. Okay. So, <laughs> that's the end. with that being the end, what is everyone's overall impression? I had never seen this movie all the way through. I'd seen like bits and pieces... And I never, I wasn't super interested in it when it came out because A, Johnny Depp wasn't in it. B, I didn't, I, for some reason didn't really, and I'm kind of, I read reviews too much. It didn't really get great reviews. People said it was like, oh, weirdly almost like it wasn't weird enough or wasn't whimsical enough. Like it was too much like, like an adult fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And not not enough like a Burton kind of movie. I, I liked it. I did. I thought it was, there were parts that made me sad. Because I said, like, his life wasn't good or exciting enough, so he had to invent a new one. I understand why his son didn't get along with him. Because in a lot of ways, he was kind of an absent father. He was traveling a lot. And if you notice, all the stories that he tells don't involve his family, really. Mm-hmm. They involve mm-hmm. him doing these other things without them. Without them, because it's almost like like he says he was too big for that town. He was too big for just a normal life, and apparently a normal life is having a family, and that wasn't enough for him. So he had to do all this other stuff. So it kind of made me sad. But I love Ewan McGregor, and I I did like I like the stories. I love a vintage circus. Made me teary eyed in the end. It's definitely not my favorite Tim Burton movie, but I would say I did like it. You know, I'm gonna have to agree. Like I, I made the joke. I'm like, oh, thank you, Tammy, for this softball. <laughs> it really was. I saw this movie in theaters. I love this movie. Like I, I said earlier, and it was reverberated by the rest of the group. Not as terrible or as like, because I talk to my dad every day. But I mean, just like sometimes my dad and I, we we have a very similar relationship like this. It just it just hits me, and it just you know it just sticks with you. And for me, honestly, like at least from a like from a Burton fan standpoint, this was I felt like the last good movie he had before he descended into, hey, I'm just going to do mediocre paint-by-numbers movies where I shove my head up Johnny Depp's ass and I just do dark stuff. I was going to say he shoves his head up Disney's ass. Mm, same difference. He's always had Johnny Depp as as a person in his movie, so... And then I've always made jokes, like, every time I every time I see stuff about Big Fish, I'm like, I just want to be like, tweet or email Tim Burton and be like, why don't you do a movie with him again? It's And like, the whole, like, uh, fairy tale thing, yeah, I guess we just weren't ready for it. This was a, a fairy tale for adults. It was good. The person that perfected that is now Guillermo del Toro, but, like, mm-hmm. this predated that. I love this movie. It's definitely in my top three of non-Batman Tim Burton movies. It's in my top five of all Tim Burton movies. Definitely not mine. That include Batman. Uh, Guido? Um, this movie sucked because it wasn't Beetlejuice. <laughs> Says the guy that did... I, I saw your notes no, on no, 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 You no, didn't no, even spell Beetlejuice right! I don't fucking care, okay? It's a note, all right? And, and, and not to mention, all right, like he makes like the Bloom fella makes all this shit up, all these fantastic stories, and it was still fucking boring. 
Okay, it was a boring movie. And <laughs> like it was sad at the like end. It insists upon itself. Not even Danny DeVito's ass could save this movie. Come on, can we can we just think back? Were there any explosions? Not a single. There one. was one gun. There, no, no, there's more than one gun, because there's a bank robbery right, look, scene. He had a 1911 in the army. That okay. was very cool. And he had a very cool fight sequence for 10 seconds where he turned the lights off and took advantage of people with night vision. So, well, you know, that, that was the mid, No, that were, those were the midi-chlorians. Again, oh, okay. uh, back to my, I kept track of how many times I made... Uh, I love how you keep track of how many times you say stuff. Well, the, boring. well, you know, it's either I keep track of when you say stuff or when I say stuff. So this time it was when I said stuff. So I did a bunch of, kept track of every time I made a Star Wars reference because, you know, Ewan McGregor is now Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. I'm sitting at five. Okay. Nice. Well, you got three likes, including yours, and one fucking sucks. Resounding Awful. So that's good. I am amazed that you don't connect with this movie just from a father-son relationship. I mean... I don't lie to my kid. I I just love all of the, you know, the the life lessons of, like, be ambitious and, you know, take the road less traveled and you might surprise yourself. Don't be scared to live. Because those are things that my life could get, like, that could... And then and I'm missing, maybe. What are you missing, girl? But I don't know. We don't does. like the adventure piece. Like, I'm very comfortable in my safe, happy life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, does that make adventure. sense? Yes. Well, thank you for joining us. Our next week's episode is going to be hosted by none other than Guido. Guido, and what's your pick? Do you want to tell um, us your pick? The yeah. far superior film that we will be reviewing next week is Twin Sitters. Is that from our childhood? From one of ours, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't recall this movie at all. No one saw this. So if you can find it, which, good luck. It's on um, YouTube, but, but... it's not a good cut. It's, it's not like, a good cut. It's like a 480 okay. guy, so don't, you know. You know, try to watch it maybe before our next podcast. Tune in to wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. Hello there.